This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi guys, I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture. Very pleased to say I'm joined now by the NWA World Heavyweight Champion and the legend that is Nick Aldis. Nick, thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us today. Well, thank you, Adam. I think, I think legend might be a, a tad of a stretch, but uh, certainly doing my best to try to get there in the end. Well, what, 950-odd days as, as champion is, is a hell of an achievement. But we're here to talk about you defending that title, uh, of course, when our shadows fall this Sunday, the 6th of June, against Trevor Murdoch. It's going to be live on pay-per-view on Fight, of course. Trevor Murdoch winning that 14-man Battle Royal. How are you feeling about the match on Sunday? I'm tremendously looking forward to it. Um, you know, I know that the you know that the I I love matchups where uh, the rivalry and the and the sort of contrast between the two guys is very very apparent. Yes, I love the idea. I love the idea that somebody uh, could could sort of jump on this jump on this train at any given point during this quite long build mm. uh, that we've had now and still be pretty clued up within. You know that within one episode, like, oh, okay, this guy's the this guy's the refined guy in the suit, and he's a you know he's a bit of an elitist, and he thinks a lot of himself. And then there's this other guy who's the you know the blue collar working man's hero. It's it's a tale as old as time. It's certainly we, we certainly haven't reinvented the wheel, <laughs> you know, but um, it just works, and I love it. And when and you know when you get a guy as talented as Trevor, mm. uh, who um, you, you know, I had such an instant chemistry with and have such a and, and we both fully understand our our strengths and weaknesses and how people perceive us. We both have, I, I believe anyway, a good degree of self-awareness, mm-hmm. which is vitally important to telling a credible story and, you know, booking sort of credible angles like, you know, there's just I never believe in trying to swim upstream with anything mm. like I, I've always like I've I've have a pretty <laughs> at this point I've been in the wrestling business for you know 16 years um have you know been subjected to my fair share of online criticism and it's and you know so it's like you develop a pretty thick skin and a sort of self-awareness to generally the flow of like how you're perceived or where things are 
headed. So, you know, now I just, uh, in my, my time, you know, in the NWA has been sort of defined by me just sort of uh, steering the ship sort of whichever way that you know i feel the wind blowing in that respect and and it's it's served us pretty well because i feel like uh if you take AEW out of the equation as far as a sort of um a new entity mm. i feel like from a, a startup with three people and a youtube show to now having a you know a streaming deal and you know sort of worldwide distribution and you know, some pretty decent revenue. It's like, you know, we, we've done pretty well to bootstrap this thing, um, <laughs> you know, and I think sometimes, obviously, look, you know, you have somebody with the incredible amount of wealth that, you know, the Khan family have, and obviously suddenly it's like, seems like a drop in the bucket, you know, <laughs> but it's like, um, I'm proud that we're able to, to sort of make enough of an impact to where, I'm sort of perceived in that, you know, in that kind of upper echelon of guys and and our pay-per-views and our title matches get a lot of recognition and, you know, they, they get a lot of anticipation. And I think that's a testament to the way that we do wrestling. Like mm. we, we do wrestling our own way and we do it deliberately differently to anywhere else so that we can provide something different for wrestling fans you know we're, we're i always use this analogy and it's not it's going to be lost on on brits for the most part but i always i want us to be like in and out burger but you know mm -hmm. in the states obviously you've got mcdonald's and you've got burger king and they're everywhere and then you know obviously because it's america you've got about 20 other fast food places but, <laughs> but when you go to the when you go to california or you know certain places like you know the west coast and certain parts of texas and this and that you get in and out burger and so whenever anyone from the east coast or from you know from somewhere like where i'm from like where i live in tennessee it's like when you go to you know suddenly you see an in and out burger and you go ooh, in and out burger mm. it's burgers and fries like it's it's you know it's just and and they have a very very simple menu it's like you know the single double you know sort of everything's pretty straightforward it's a you know but they just focus on doing it really really well mm. Uh, with you know with with no sort of gimmickry and and you know uh, you know unnecessary sort of bollocks with it <laughs> and and because it's because because their marketing is sort of based off of that exclusivity mm. you can't get it quite as easily as the other as the other places so when you can get it it feels more special mm. you know you really savor it because it's like oh this is just a traditional you know good guilty pleasure all american sort of fair and like that's how I want the NWA to be perceived like mm. a sort of guilty pleasure for the most the most sort of jaded hardened wrestling fan who is like studying every single thing and also for like a casual fan who every now and then just kind of goes oh I miss those days of you know wrestling <laughs> you want to be that place where people can go that's fun you know like that's a that's an easy easily digestible hour of of content to to consume and enjoy no, that definitely comes across. Uh, the reference to In-N-Out Burger is not lost on me. When I made a trip to the West Coast, it was like people recommending, right, do this, go to San Frank, do Fremont Street, yeah. and make sure you get In-N-Out Burger. So uh, I very much can appreciate where you're coming from with that. 
Um, fans are going to, uh, limited number of fans are going to be back in attendance for this show. Uh, it's been a hell of a roller coaster, obviously not just for NWA, for all of wrestling for the past year or so. I know you had to take a long hiatus uh, with NWA, of course. Uh, what's it like getting back into it? And, and more importantly, what's it going to be like with, with fans back in attendance? We've seen the likes of WrestleMania and Double or Nothing and, you know, the fans enjoyment of that. But presumably also also the wrestlers just being able to feed off that as well. Yeah, I was saying during the pandemic that I I thought that the one the one positive that we could take from all this, and I, you know that's just my nature. I try to see the you know the positives that can come from any of these things, um, you know, any sort of adversity. And I did. Th- I said even then, the, the one thing I could see happening was that there would be a renewed enthusiasm mm-hmm. and a renewed appreciation both ways. Like I felt like perhaps over the last few years uh wrestling overall had sort of shifted somewhat to a situation where it was kind of like most most pro wrestling shows that i was seeing were kind of like okay we're doing our show and if you like it great if you don't we don't care like mm-hmm. it was very much like here's what we're doing and like you know <laughs> ta-da like there was no <laughs> you know there, 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 there wasn't that level of sort of interaction um that was that you fed off of and that, 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 you know, that the thing that makes wrestling unique is that if something works, you can have that ability to adapt and, and sort of go with it. So then the audience really feel like they're, you know, organically part of something. Now, the flip side of that is that, yes, I, I believe that there are perhaps too many fans now who perhaps do yield a bit too much power in terms of sort of the constant, sort of threatening to boycott or, uh, you know, do this or we riot. And, you know, and, and it's a very indicative of kind of the culture that, that has perhaps got a little bit out of control. Mm-hmm. So I can see where that's probably why wrestling sort of bucked against it. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it, it, they went so far toward, I remember seeing it in TNA, you know, they started catering a little bit too much to the most, to the loudest, you know, to the, yeah. to the, yeah. the loudest online fans rather than, you know, you've got to take them into account, but you've got to understand you know that it's a you got to it's a it's a balancing act every day you mm. know every day you've got to try to kind of okay let's keep this plate over here spinning let's keep this one over here spinning oh, oh, oh this one's gonna okay you know it's tough um and i think that you know there are there are a collection of fans who sort of think no it should be all about like what pleases me and everything everyone else is just stupid if they don't agree with what i think and i think that as a result of that maybe some of the some of the you know the, the business in general started going you know we're just going to do what we want. And, you know, and so, it, and we reached a bit of an impasse. And I think that there was so much wrestling and there is so much wrestling that I think perhaps both ways there, had sort of, we'd lost a little bit of that specialness, mm. uh, the, you know, the, the excitement of going to a show and kind of anticipating what's going to happen and really just kind of being one with the moment. Instead it was, all right, you know, uh, here I am ready to analyze this. And then the wrestlers are out there. Okay. Like I better make sure that I, you know, please everyone and don't, you know, and I think between all that, then we sort of got to this point where now, Oh, we can have fans again. They're excited to be here. Mm. We we're excited to have them. Like we're going to interact with them again because human interaction is, you know, to me is really the sort of lifeblood of the industry. Mm. Uh, And you know, now we have it and it's maybe, you know, it's going to be a blessing in disguise, or at least that's what my, you know, eternal optimism would like. <laughs> to 
Um, in terms of like you, you talk about like wrestling and, and, you know, the comparisons to say sports entertainment and we've seen, you know, WWE going in a certain direction. But I felt like like you said there with, with the return of fans, it does feel like a move, a shift more towards the sort of old school stuff, which is, is sort of inherent within within NWA, because, you know, it, it's all well and good piling things on top of each other. And, but it's sometimes, like you say, with, with you and, and Trevor Murdoch, it's sometimes great to just get it back to the basics of the, just like these are two polar opposites and they are going against each other for this ultimate prize. Is that fair? I think so. Um, I think that, again, I think some of this goes to speaks to the sort of culture that had perhaps uh, that's always been there, but had perhaps, you know, started to develop a bit too much power in the overall um, direction of the industry, mm-hmm. which is that th- th- this sort of um, narrative had started to develop where if you didn't do tons and tons of high impact, high risk moves, and you didn't, you know, pile false finish onto false finish onto false finish, and you didn't do these incredibly intricate, hard to remember high spots, you know, mm-hmm. with, with sort of a, a sequence of moves that could never possibly happen organically. And, you know, it was very, ob- you know, it makes it very obvious to anyone watching that this was sort of planned ahead of time, that somehow you weren't working hard enough. Mm. You know, that somehow that, you, that you're, that you know, that and if anyone who didn't wrestle like that was quote unquote lazy, you know, whereas I've always been of the opinion that wrestling like that is lazy because it's like, your your responsibility as a as a performer is not only to the audience but it's to the it's to the big picture the long term you know um uh, viability of the business mm. and uh, and it's also to your other performers on the card mm. so you know <laughs> if let's say you're let's say if if you go to a fancy restaurant and you go to one of those you know, one of those incredibly sort of elaborate, you know, like a French something or other where it's like seven courses, right? Yeah, yeah. Like a, like a pay-per-view has, has seven matches. It's like going to a restaurant with seven courses. Uh, and each chef is responsible for a different course. So like today, you know, okay, like you're the sort of, you're an up and coming chef in a Michelin star restaurant, right? So today, you know, look, you're a low man on the totem pole today. Tonight, tonight's not your night. So tonight you just got to make a little amuse-bouche, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. And they, and I know this is a terribly highbrow analogy, but here we go. <laughs> so like, okay, so you bring out, you know, just a sort of a, a tiny, you know, foie gras or whatever, something, right? And it's like, oh, that was great. It's a mouthful. That was really great. Oh, delicious, you know, blah, blah, blah. Next course comes out and maybe it's, you know, soup, you know, but it's like, oh, it's this, you know, whatever, right? And, and so on. And, and it goes yeah. on, right? Until the end where you get to the end and it's like, here, here it is. Here's the, here's the here's the duck confit with, you know, blah, 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 you know, whatever. Right. It would be the, sometimes I see shows and, and it's like, suddenly the third course comes out and it's the fucking duck confit, you know, and it's like the whole thing. And it's like, Oh, well, here's this and this and this and this. Well, now you're full yeah. and you sort of go and, you know, and now, you know, you're sitting there going, I don't really want anything else. I'm sort of, you know, that was kind of enough. Mm. Um, I see a lot of, you know, just, a lot of the product that I was seeing, you know, even prior to to the NWA kind of uh, getting getting rolling in 2017, just felt like an all-you-can-eat buffet. Mm. You know, <laughs> where it was kind of like, why well, can't can't I just savor this one thing? Like that was really great. Mm. 
suddenly before I had a chance to even enjoy it and savor it, suddenly I'm being, I'm being pelted with all this other stuff. Well, what about yeah. this? What about this? Try this, eat that. Um, and there's a place for that, just not 24-7-365. And I firmly believe uh, that that is, you know, one of the reasons why the overall kind of audience may be, you know, diminished. Because to a lot of people, they just, they just weren't, they weren't watching for that. They enjoyed one or two matches to be like that, but they weren't watching for just that. And when it became just that, it just sort of lost it's human appeal because to a lot of people they watch the product to connect with it on a human level because it's escapism it's a sort of it's a live rocky rocky movie playing out in front of your face you know and and people can live vicariously through that and suspend their disbelief you know but if it's a good card might finish with the rocky with a rocky fight as the main event but you know some of the undercard matches might be a jackie chan film Mm. (laughs) you know where you you know but if the whole card is all Jackie, it's kind of like, okay, but, you know, these Kung Fu movies is not re- typically not a lot of storyline, not a lot no. of plot. You know, it's pretty much just like, ah, oh, master turned on me, bam, 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 you know, I'm going <laughs> to fight 20 guys and beat them all. You know, and again, it's cool to have a little bit of that. Yeah. Not not a whole card. So I, I've gone the long way around answering you, Adam, but but really from the beginning, my what what influence I do try to have on the NWA is to sort of, instill that that culture that like hey uh the remember what the people came to see tonight Mm. you know and let's all and and you will leave a better taste a better impression on the audience if you do your part tonight to the best of your ability like and and do your job perfectly and leave them wanting more Mm. you know and trevor gets that that's why he's gone from, you know, he, he came in and he originally, like, we had to really kind of convince him to even come mm. to, you know, and, and at first it was, he was kind of like, oh, I don't know, I'm not really wrestling anymore. And I, you know, I, I don't know, I don't really fit in anywhere. It's the very same, very, very similar uh, hangups that I had. Mm. It was like, I don't really know where I fit anymore. Uh, and so we said, well, we'll come down and, you know, work a couple of matches, but you can be a producer, you know, you can be a good agent, you know. And of course, like we were, you know, we had every intention of wanting him to wrestle the whole time. <laughs> um, but you know, you just you see his progression, and it's like the second he walked out on, you know, the, in the first season, you could just feel people go, "Oh yeah, yeah, this guy fits here." Like this is, oh, I completely forgot about him, which was great, like which was good in a way, because then they sort of go, "Whoa, this guy's like, I forgot this how good this guy is," and man, he just fits this. You know, he he came up, to, he came into WWE at the wrong time. You know, yeah. he, just, he just had bad timing. A lot of guys did. That's why we've, you know, Chris Adonis is having a great run yeah. with us now. Same reason, because like these guys all got picked up in their 20s. I can relate. I start, I got signed to TNA at 21. I wasn't ready for TV. But now we're all in our 30s and we're seasoned, you know, and and it's kind of like, <laughs> hey, like we're we're just we're just reaching our peak for pro yeah. wrestlers here so like now we're gonna you know put everyone to work and and watch everybody you know enjoy seasoned kind of guys who have you know really learned how to relax and sort of command the room and take their time and you know really understand psychology and tell a different kind of story that maybe 
you know, hits the notes that maybe some other wrestling isn't hitting right now. And we're do- and again, this is not a knock. I, it's, it's, I have to tread so carefully when I make these kind of remarks because it, it me, everything always immediately gets taken out of context to sort of, especially to antagonize AEW. Like that's just, that's the new thing with online. It's like anything that can be even remotely sort of perceived as some sort of slight or knock on AEW is immediately like, you know, taken out of context and yeah. like, hey, let's get him everyone, you know, like, you know, and <laughs> like, I was all in. I I was so proud of those guys, you know, and and it's been well documented that, you know, they they approached me about going, and there was no animosity. It was just like, hey man, I've just, I've worked, I've just worked really hard, and I've just sort of got so invested in trying to make a go of this mm. that I would just, I felt like we were just getting it off the ground. Mm. I was like, yeah, I'd had the big match, I'd had some big matches like with Cody and Marty, and you know the other stuff. But in my mind, looking at the big picture, I was like, I'm just getting this thing off the ground. Mm. Like, I just can't, you know, it would just, it would be too frustrating for me as an entrepreneur to walk away now. Because, you know, I am an entrepreneur outside of, you know, outside of wrestling. It's like that. So I sort of have that mindset of, you know, long-term investing and sort of, you know, looking at things and going, God, the potential here for, you know, for what I could potentially be rewarded with down the road. And it was... It was a gamble yeah it was a roll of the dice but it was like i just didn't want to take the i just didn't want to take the low-hanging fruit this time mm. no that makes a lot of sense uh, and you talk about you know the, the 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 card and uh and the way it's presented and stuff and the and the talent you've got in the nwa we have to talk uh briefly about serena d bob she's doing stuff in the nwa and of course in uh in aew as well uh, and and again someone else you talk about who who uh, you know was underutilized without question within the industry yeah. and now look at her it's just right. you must be so impressed with what she's, she's perfect, perfect example and a, and, a, and a wonderful human being a complete professional uh one of the nicest people you'll ever meet and yes another one who she knew deep down how good she was mm. but she just you know it's tough when you have that skill set and you're, you know, and, and, but you, you know, but you see all these other people come up who just, you know, who just seem to just blow right past you because they do something that's kind of of the fashion right now, or, you know, that's something that kind of, or because they, because they're good at Twitter, you know, because, you know, <laughs> and, you know, Lord knows that all the major companies now just put such an emphasis on that, even though I'm still dubious about how much it really translates to, mm-hmm. you know, box office. Um, but be that as it may, yeah, just fantastic to see someone who, who again was like classically trained and never deviated from, you know, the, the doing things the right way and, and doing things in a way that, uh, leaves plenty available to the rest of her colleagues on the card, you know, but also is able to show how good she is and, more importantly, and the thing that separates Serena from a lot of the girls I see and a lot of the girls who get a lot of who who get, you know, probably get a lot of praise. Yeah. Um, is that she makes her opponent look good. Yeah. You know, she she doesn't eat anyone's lunch in there. Like it's re- it's real easy to go in the ring and just, you know, kick the shit out of someone for 15 minutes mm. and then be like I'm the best, you know, and everyone. Oh, yeah. She, oh, yeah. She's so, you know, well, he, he's the best. Oh, mate. But again, after a while, no one's going to want to work with you, mm. like because they're going to go. What does that do for me? 
you know, we're all, we're all 1099s. Like we're all independent contractors, whether or not we're under contract to a, a certain organization, it's only for a select period of time. Mm. So you're, you're, you're not only having to uh, sort of fulfill your role that, you know, that for the, for the company for that, for that night, but you're also, you are responsible for kind of protecting your own value as well in the market. So, okay. You, you, someone, someone gets over because they just, you know, kick shit out of everyone and don't sell anything. You're going to go, well, why am I going to work with them if I don't have to? Because, you know, clearly their, their, their interest is only in, uh, if, if you're, if you can only build your market value by hurting someone else's, yeah, that's not good business because it's a, uh, the, the wrestling business is a, that's what makes the wrestling business such a unique animal mm. that you have to be selfish, but you also have to, you have to look at the long-term, you have to look at your long-term viability in the market by being able to add value to others, mm. you know, and it's a, and it's a, it's a tightrope, but the guys who have longevity, uh, and I'd like to think that I'm sort of one of them at this point, mm. you know, made a decent living and never, never got the call from Stanford. <laughs> so it's like, it must be doing something right. But a lot of that is again, and again, um, you know, if you look at, you look at the, the list of guys that I've defended the title against uh, and where they've gone since that time, Robbie Eagles, Jonah Rock, you know, all the way down, like, and then, uh, and, you know, Mike Bennett, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's a, a lot of guys, who and you know and I and I, I mentioned this the other day. I, you know I got a bit I got a bit heated on Twitter and you know it's a rarity for me. But I was just like you know fuck it. But I sort of said like go back and look at go, look through the guys that I've defended the title against and ask all of them. I guarantee you, ninety five percent of them now make more money than they did prior to wrestling me for the title. Like I take a lot more pride in that than mm. than whether someone thinks I'm defending the title enough mm. or you know, or, or, you know, have enough work rate, I don't know, whatever that, you know, whatever, the, whatever the new thing is this, this yeah. week, but it's like, because this is a business and, uh, and uh, in the long run, what guys remember are the guys who helped them put food on their table for their families. Yeah. You know, they're the guys I remember. That's why you'll never hear me say too much, you know, I'll acknowledge Dixie, Dixie Carter's flaws, but you'll never hear me say a bad word about Dixie. Mm because she helped me make money like she helped me make good money she helped you know she helped put food on my table uh i you know and, and that's you can take everything else out of it like that's any of us who would get to make decent money by for doing this are so privileged mm. you know uh and uh, you know that, that's that's the perspective i always try to maintain When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, you talk about, you know, defending the title um, uh, and obviously you're going to have to try and defend it against against Trevor Murdoch on Sunday. There is someone else, though, who is collecting a lot of belts at the moment. Uh, one Kenny Omega across many different companies. Are you concerned at all by uh, by him potentially eyeing up your title? And what do you make of, of what he's been what he's been doing across the likes of, of Impact and AAA and obviously AEW? It, this is this goes back to what we were saying before, where it's impossible for me to answer this question because even even answering it, it will turn into Nick Aldis talks about Kenny Omega, and it's like no, Nick Aldis was asked a question about yeah. Kenny Omega and answered it. Like, as far as I'm concerned, I would keep his name out of my mouth because none of my business, mm. right? But it's I always say the same thing about this. If the business, if the business of it made sense, but I better make a load of money, you know, otherwise what's the point? Right. Like, and as far as like what he's doing, good for him. Yeah. Like, I, I, I cannot, I cannot get distracted worrying about what other people are doing. Mm. That's for fans. This whole interpromotional, like they, you know, they try to sort of stir up this, you know, heat between different promotions and stuff that's the fans mm. like mark's doing that it's not the wrestlers yeah <laughs> like most of us have worked together at some point or other or somewhere down the road like and you just understand that and and look if there are any wrestlers out there who who sort of fall into that um who fall into that mentality of like you know you're supposed to have heat with guys who wrestle for another company or who didn't come to wrestle for the company that you wrestle for or whatever, like grow up. Mm. Like it's business mm. and like everyone's just doing what they felt was the right thing to do for them. Like I love the quality of life I have now. Mm. So anyway, um, no, look, I, I've, I respect Kenny. I don't know him very well. Uh, and you know, I, I hope he's happy doing what he's doing and, and, if there was ever a, a situation where that was a, you know, where that was seriously kind of addressed, like it would just, it, it, I would approach it like a prize fight. It would have to, you know, the, the business terms would have to make sense for me. You know, there seems to be a lot of talk at the moment of, uh, of sort of open doors of, 
of, of different companies working together. Uh, obviously, as you mentioned, you know, you've done stuff with with the AW guys uh, with All In and, and, and you're on a good relationship with them. I saw you tweeting with people talking about you facing Dustin a while back. Um, what do you make of that? Is that something you, you'd like to see more of in this industry? Because, you know, there's been a lot of speculation of that. And we've seen it again, like I say, with 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 impact and AW and, 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 and things like that. Yes. I mean, again, I'm not, I'm certainly not trying to say that I was talking about it before anyone else. Mm. But again, you can go back and look at interviews I gave two years ago, three years ago, where I said the future of the business is going to be co-promotion, mm. collaboration, because unless now look obviously tony khan could afford it and vince mcmahon can afford it but outside of that there's no you know there's there's not i'm not sure there's any any one place that can really afford to have all of the top top guys mm. you know, in one place and even if you could why would you i've made this i've made this comparison before right <laughs> how many guys are there in wwe right now who if they were to leave WWE, would instantly be a top guy somewhere else. Mm. Like several, there always are, because they can afford to have, they can afford to pay Dolph Ziggler a load of money, you know, to be there year after year after year after year. Mm. Dolph Ziggler's like one of the best in the business, but you know, not very many places can afford to 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 pay guys who they're using, you know, in that particular spot. Mm. Yeah, money, right? So, and inevitably, if you took, if, if you said to someone, okay, you've got unlimited money, like you can have anyone you want, fantasy, fantasy promotion, mm. right? Okay, who's, who's working on top? Mm. Yeah. Right? Uh, who's the champion? Oh, yeah, but if, oh, yeah, but now you, but what happens to four weeks from now, you're going to, they're going to claim that you're burying so-and-so, you're not using him properly. And then four weeks after that, you're going to say, you're, oh, you're shoving so-and-so down their throats. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so-and-so must have heat because, you know, they, they had to work the opening match. Yeah, well, that's a problem when you've got, if you have all the top guys working in the same place. Like, <laughs> yeah, again, it's like, I made this, I made this, uh, uh analogy i was talking to billy the other day and we were we were talking about what i was saying before about you know guys who don't sell or go, you know go into business themselves and just kind of gobble mm, everyone yeah. up and i said it, so it's like the equivalent of if you were if you were playing you know if you, if you guys were touring right the pumpkins were touring and you just stepped on the stage and just right from the beginning you just started playing a guitar solo mm. and kept going and going and going and then like <laughs> played a guitar solo for an hour and a half and everyone goes, wow, that was unbelievable. Okay, guys, see you later. And everyone else, the, you know, the drummer and the bass player and everyone's saying, what the f***? Mm. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, but again, to sort of use that music analogy again, it's like, if you, if you booked, you know, Metallica, uh, the Rolling Stones, you know, Smashing Pumpkins, you know, all these like major, yeah. major bands, oh, they're all going to be on the same concert. It's going to be the greatest concert you've ever seen in your life. Okay, who's going on first? Yeah. Who's closing the show? Do you think any one of them wants to open? No. You think, well, who, uh, no, I'm, I want to close the show. Well, you know, there you go. That's why there has to be some hierarchy, and that's why you need different promotions. And that's why it makes more sense for promotions to pull their heads out of their own ass and once a year get, you know, okay, hey, you want to go, you want to go halvesies on a big show? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 50 50, you know? 
or you want to go three ways, you know, 33% each on the big major show. I'm thinking this guy against this guy, you know, this guy against that guy, you know, and then you start negotiating like, you know, all right, well, look, you know, yeah, it's still, it's still, it's still not easy, but the, if, you know, typically I think if you're doing it right, you should have like, each promotion should have like one or two guys that, you know, okay, these are the, these are the guys pulling the wagon. Mm. So you can position them where they need to be positioned. And then you can start, you know, playing around with never before seen matchups and, you know, and all that. It's not that hard. No, exactly. If if something like that was feasible, uh, who would, who would you love to to step in the ring? The dream opponents of, of yours? Well, right now, I mean, if I could wrestle anyone for the title, you know, in a title match with the right build in a, you know, in a, in a sort of, with, you know, with that really kind of classic sort of build that we like to do for, for title matches mm. and we had time to, to luxuriate it and, 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 you know, give it the full attention. Uh, Randy Orton, mm-hmm. um, Edge, and, and Edge, by the way, who, you know, will routinely text me and say oh, man i love this promo i love your match you know so and so and you know he and like when he wrestled randy in that um uh greatest wrestling match or whatever they call yeah, it yeah, yeah that match felt like an nwa title match and i yeah. and, and he and he paid me a very nice compliment where he sort of said like well you know you're the kind of guy like that kind of stuff is the stuff that me and randy want to do you know and exactly. it's and yeah for me i mean that's that's huge yeah. for a guy like me to hear it from from adam i mean because you know i grew up watching him he's you know he's like you know he, he was one of my guys so it's like to to you know to get that level of compliment and you know i, I i've always i've always been um i've always you know i've always thought roman was the man like even when even when other people were trying really hard to on him i always thought he was the man and now he finally is because he's actually been allowed to you know be himself like and embrace like his position mm-hmm. yeah um, he's incredible like dude right now why why would you why would if i was allowed if i was able to you know work with him why would it not be him yeah right like he and i and think about that as a contrast like what a great you know what a great story that could be you know uh and then uh obviously you know as far as elsewhere you know, Okada gets brought up a lot. Yeah. You know, that would be that. I mean, again, in the right setting. But again, it's, this is not outside the realms of possibility. This used to happen a lot in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. It just yeah. wasn't, you know, just you just didn't know about it at the time because it was all happening sort of localized in their media. It's just now because obviously everything's so global. It's now suddenly, for some reason, the fact that everything got opened up so much seemed to make it more difficult to pull these things off. Mm. Where, like, back in the day, it would be like, hey, can we get Flair to wrestle, like, Tenru? Like, yeah, sure. Like, <laughs> how yeah. much are you paying? You know, like, let's figure out the finish. All right. You know, and it, <laughs> and off he went, you know, and, you know, and, and Flair walks away with 50 Gs, you know, whatever. It's like, <laughs> it's like, cool, Matt. Like, Hogan wrestled the Great Muda. It's one of my favorite Hogan matches. Like, and it's, you know, yeah, well, it can be done. Like, it's just, and I think that's probably where all this WWE and New Japan stuff is coming from now, where they're sort of going, well, why, why can't we just figure out, like, a, a couple of swaps here and there, like, when it's necessary? I mean, they've got Nakamura and, you know, a bunch of guys who had great runs, like AJ and stuff, in New yeah. Japan. There's a lot of business to be done. 
Like same way, you know. And I, I don't know why that would exclude AEW from working with them either. No, meaning New Japan. I don't know why, you know. And and so it's like I just see all that stuff and just go, God, this is such a waste of energy. Mm. Like, can't we just? If everyone, if and it, it comes down to the audience. If the audience really want a certain match, they've got to start demanding it mm. instead of just sort of going, "Oh man, can you imagine what that would be?" Oh, you know, oh, you, oh the take my money, Jeff. You know, like no, actually, like actively demand it. Like, hey, we want, you know, this person against that person. Like, make it happen. You know, yeah. like stop ignoring it. Um, I think my so issue I think, all is is the, is the sort of the tribal nature of it all. Yes. In terms of, you know, I get told on a daily basis I'm a shill for AW and <laughs> Raw and SmackDown and NXT and you know wherever else, and it's like you can just appreciate all of it and like if you open up those avenues of communication and it isn't so tribal us against whoever it may be whether it be WWE fans shooting on AEW or New Japan or whoever it may be like you say these opportunities will will will, will arise far more i i i had a I, I i spoke to Paul Heyman a while back and the first thing first words that came out of his mouth was why didn't you wrestle on that Madison Square Garden show <laughs> he's like who has the NWA World's Champion, a guy who's on such a streak? Who has who has that? Who has them at their at their disposal at Madison Square Garden, and then doesn't put them in a match? I said, well, <laughs> not my, you know, it wasn't my wasn't my ball to play with. Yeah, you know, but it's like, you know, when you think about that, you go, yeah, why didn't why why didn't that happen? Mm. Like, you know, because, well, I I think it didn't happen because. You know, they, they were worried about sort of something uh, potentially, you know, upstaging, you know, what they wanted to. But again, it, if you think like a promoter, you shouldn't really care. No. Because ultimately it's like a huge, a huge night with some, you know, some great moments and great matches will just leave a positive, you know, taste in everybody's mouth for whoever was responsible for that show. Mm. You know, it wasn't like they were all going to go away and go, OK, well, that's it. I guess we're just going to watch NWA from now on and no one else. Like, <laughs> of course not. You know, yeah. it's just it's so ludicrous when you think. But that's just the way that everyone. Unfortunately, it's just the the hangover of the Monday Night Wars era. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's still to this day, people are pretending like that we all have to be at war with each other. Um you know, and it brings out the best in everyone. And I was like, well, not really, because like right. both companies ended up having to give away about 10 years worth of creative in three years yeah. just to stay ahead of each other. And now, we, and now look where we are. Everything's been done. Mm. I, I, I remember we went to India for, we do Rinka King, right? Mm, yeah. And the, the guy, Jeff Jarrett, you know, he he put that team together based on having, you know, loaded up the, the card, loaded up the roster with guys who understand wrestling, right? Who get it from, who look at it from that long-term business entrepreneurial perspective. Not guys who are just like, oh, I just want to get the biggest pop possible and, you know, this is awesome chance, right? But he still brought a few wrestlers like that to India because he he was kind of trying to, book the cards, you know, layer them the same way he did a TNA card, which was like, okay, you know, 
start them off with something fast and hot x division you know then bring, give them a bit of this then give them the girls then give them whatever then finish with the you know whatever well the, the x division guys go out first night and and the people are just not they just don't know what they're watching they're just kind of like uh okay i guess you know like they're doing cartwheels and this and that and you know flips and ducks and dodges and catch my boots spin me around for no reason catch the other boots spin me around you know all that <laughs> Uh, you know, and and the Indian audience are just like, huh? Friggin' Matt Morgan goes out there and gives a guy a shoulder tackle. The guy takes a big bump and the place erupts. Yeah, yeah. So immediately, like, Gallows, me, Davari, you know, Trevor, he was there. Like, we're all looking at each other going, oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Like, we, it's like going back in time. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You can get so much more out of less. And we got now we've got something we can really build on. And, and you know, these people are so hot for like the simplest stuff that we've got such a great opportunity here to really, you know, you've got all, we've got all these tools in our toolkit that we can, you know, make money here for a long time. By the time I went back to the second season, someone's diving off the top of the cage. And I, you know, and I'm just going, I was like, you know, I was like, and I was only like 24 or something at the time. And even I was going like, what are we doing? Why is someone diving off a cage? Yeah. Like it's a virgin market, you know, like, but that's the sort of eternal, um, you know, it's just one of the eternal struggles in wrestling is that like, it's, there's, you know, it, it attracts people who have that golden goose mentality. Yeah. Hey, this golden goose is going to lay one golden egg a week for the rest of its life. But if you cut it open, there's five golden eggs in there you can have right now. <laughs> Wait, what? you didn't even stop to, you didn't even stop to consider it. Oh, five eggs right now yeah yeah it's, it's exactly right um i asked uh, twitter uh what people wanted me to ask you uh, and i think i have to stick with the most obvious one which is uh, hugo i think twitter is so great <laughs> hugo asks uh how long until the third match against cody it sort of feels quite quite appropriate right now we've got the us versus uk thing with with anthony agogo recently a double or nothing uh, and, and like you say, you've 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 had such great experience with him over the the NWA World Heavyweight Title, of course. Yeah, well, apparently he doesn't want to do it, so you'll have to ask him. Okay, okay. Well, I'll I'll, I'll make sure I ask him when I speak to him next regarding that. Um, in terms of uh, advice you'd give to to aspiring wrestlers, like you say, you came into the business and you sort of learn as you were there. I always like to ask, you know, uh, people who've had such experience that the the main thing that they would give out. Uh, to, to anyone watching this who's, who's hoping to get into the industry? Um, it's not something that I've always followed my own advice on. I will qualify that when I say this, but pick your battles. You know, that, like it's easy to get, it's easy to get upset about, you know, all kinds of stuff. Uh, and it's easy to sort of find yourself locked into um, disagreements that can quickly become sort of toxic kind of feuds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, sometimes it's best to just kind of walk away from it. Um, I would also just say, uh, look at, uh, approach the business as a business from day one. Like, it will at times earn you a little bit of heat with with people who don't have that same mentality but in the long run you will you will have more control of your own destiny um because the minute that you 
I see this all the time. I see someone debut with WWE or AEW, you know, and right away they're on Twitter and they're going like, oh, you know, I dreamt of this moment since I was seven years old. And, you know, like I'm just, you know, and, and right. It's like, that's great. Right. But save it till you retire. Yeah. Because now you're saying it and you're giving away, you're showing your hand. You just told everybody, you just told them and you told everyone that like, you're just happy to be there. Yeah. 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 You just told the world that like, wow, you know, just being here is enough. Okay. Well, I guess we'll, I guess we, I guess we'll keep that in mind when you, when, when we renegotiate your contract, mm. you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, and I see a lot of that and I, you know, and I've, like I say, you know, it's, this, is, this is not all stuff that I've always adhered to, but it's like, you, you know, treat it like a business. Don't, don't get too, uh, and don't get too sentimental. Mm. Like I have, if anyone had a, had a reason to be sentimental about, you know, a, a company they were associated with, it's me. Right. But here's the deal. I don't own any part of the NWA. I don't have any, I don't have any stake in the business. You know, would I like to at some point? Sure. But, you know, that's a lofty, that's a lofty ask, right? That's a, you know, that's an ambitious goal. Not to say that it's not a good one to have, but I don't own any part of it. It doesn't, none of it belongs to me, right? It's not mine, you know, and you can, that, you know, when I, when I, when I, when I came to the conclusion that I was not going to renew my contract at TNA, you know, that was a, to start with, it was, it came out of anger, but then after a while I had, you know, I still, I still believed it. I still kind of went, okay, just, you know, just think about it, think on it longer. And I still just got to put, no, it's time to, it's time to go. No matter what happens, it's time to go. But it doesn't mean that it didn't, it wasn't very emotional when you leave. Cause you know, you see all these people like, I saw like Bob Ryder and, you know, Keith Mitchell and just, you know, all the guys, like all the crew guys and all these other people all the way down the, down the line is, you know, and, you know, who, you know, sort of helped you go from being this sort of complete greenhorn, like sort of prospect to mm. being a world champion and, you know, and, and sort of having a responsibility to sort of try to carry the company forward, you know, and it's emotional. Okay. That's it. Like close the door. But at the same time, you've also just got to look at it as like, it's a business, you know, Aldous Enterprises was in business with TNA Entertainment for a certain amount of time. And now Aldous Enterprises is in business with Lightning One until such a time that it is not at this point, you know, my contract up at the end of the year. So it's like all of this that I do and everything that I'm involved with and everything that I'm committed to, you know, you have to be you have to sort of maintain also a healthy awareness that you may find yourself when you least expect it you may find yourself having to be ready to start all over again mm. and if you if you sort of if you if you keep a healthy awareness of that i think you have you you can you can have a you have a bit more power because you if you if you're not scared of going it alone right like you don't you know don't don't, don't be terrified of getting released from your contract mm. this, i'll tell you let me and this is a good this is a perfect example you know when mickey got the call a few weeks back 
that she got a release. She just she just kind of went, okay, thanks, Johnny. And looked at me and she went, well, I just got fired, you know? And it was like, and we sat there for a couple of minutes and, you know, she was tearful, but more from, you know, just again, just because it's like a, it's an emotional sort of situation. Yeah. But then we just sat there and we went, okay, what are we going to do? What what are we, and it wasn't like, what are we going to do? Like, oh my God, what are we going to do? It was a, oh, cool. Now all those restrictions are lifted. All right. What can we do? Mm. You know, now what are we able to do now? Like, again, looking at the positives and stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I, I launched, uh, I launched my supplement company at the beginning of the year and, we, and, it's, and it's doing well. And I'd wanted to move into a women's line of stuff. But, you know, for me to do that, I really wanted to have access to Mickey to be the face of it. And as crazy as it sounds, I was sort of reluctant to do that while she was under contract at WWE. Yeah. Because every week it was like, can't do this, can't do that, can't, you know. So in some, you know, so right away, and again, I'm not criticizing them for that. That's, that's you know, that's, you know what you're signing up for. That's another yeah. thing I would say to you guys, like, hey, don't be in a rush to sign a contract. Like, because... <laughs> The contract works both ways, right? You, you're making a commitment to them, but they need to make a commitment to you too. You know, like uh, guys who, you know, sign contracts where the, you know, where, where then the, the organization is not obligated to pay them anything. I just go, well, what kind of, what kind of contract is that? Mm. Like you agree not to wrestle anywhere else, but you only get paid if they book you. Like mind blowing. Anyway. But, you know, this time around, because she's got her own, you know, she's got so many other things that she's doing. And I've, you know, we've got we've got our own things that we're doing, you know, on, on the entrepreneurial side. It's like. Great. All right. Well, cool. Now, you know, and, and within the first two or three days, like she booked like tens of thousands of dollars worth of appearances. So it was like, all right, well, uh, you know, that's that's that part of it covered. And like now, you know, we're, now we're, now we've got time to work on this and that, and we don't have to keep sort of tiptoeing around your contract. And, you know, we can call that person back who wanted to use you for this thing. And, you know, all that sort of stuff. It's just yeah. like, world's opening up. And um, so, yeah, it's just, again, like if, if you, if you take the time to uh, build and develop your own act and your own brand, as an entity in in the pro wrestling space you immediately have more power and more value than someone who is just like please sign me you know like every single bit of the national treasure character and everything that i do is mine mm. like it's not like when i if, if i was to ever move on from here or anywhere else it's not like i'm suddenly like oh well i'll have to change my name and i won't be able to use this you know <laughs> i won't be able to do this stuff or that stuff like it's mine. And Billy believes in that, you know, Billy believes in his, you know, cause he's an artist. Like, so he shares that sort of mm. mentality of like, cause he's been on that. He's been there on the other side. You know, I wrote this song like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You how to do it. You know what I mean? It's, it's my song. Like it's, it's my song. It's my talent. It's my act. So it's like, and, and he paid me a, a, as big a compliment as anyone could pay me. Uh, we had a meeting recently uh, and and he was discussing his decision to to basically sort of shut everything down during the pandemic and just not and just sort of 
you know, go into sort of hibernation. And he said, he goes, you know, I knew that it was going to be, I knew it was going to be tough for the momentum of the company, but I knew if I had Nick, I'd be okay. And that's about as big a compliment as anyone can pay you. No, that is, that is so, fantastic. That, right. So, and that's, and that's sort of where, again, like, yeah, my loyalty is to the NWA. I'm very proud of what I've been able to accomplish both as a wrestler here and, you know, as a sort of, uh, as someone helping shape the, the overall company, you know, on, on the business side. But uh, it's all, it all just goes into your whole tapestry of your career and it just, you know, builds value, take experience from it and, you know, be, be willing and able to adjust and adapt as you need to. Uh, as we bring this to a close, Nick, uh, just love to know the uh, uh, the future plans of yours, whether they be with the NWA, you talk about your contract expiring at the end of the year. Uh, any, is there anything still on that bucket list you, you'd still want to achieve? Yeah, look, I mean, I don't uh, certainly at the moment, it doesn't seem like WWE is a is an option. You know, it, it certainly does. It, it's not something that I sort of look at right now and go, OK, that's, you know, that's next. <laughs> I, don't, I don't rule anything out but yeah I mean look I want to headline some big shows like that's really what I want to do um, and whatever shows they are like I hope that there are shows or I hope that there are shows that the NWA is is a part of in, you know in, to our point earlier in some capacity mm. you know um, I believe that can be done and uh, I would love to be able to be uh, responsible for some of those changes the same way that Cody and the Bucks were you know mm. in, like in that respect that, that you know they helped sort of um, prove that with the right infrastructure and the right resources and you know everybody sort of working together you can pull it off and I'd like to be part of some more of that um, and I don't think it's any anyone who's been around me and knows me in the industry knows you know it's no secret at this point that I certainly have aspirations post wrestling to, you know, to, to, to work on the executive side mm. because I get as much enjoyment out of that as I do from performing. I really do. Cause I, I love business uh, and I love this business because mm. it's, you know, it's such a unique sort of, <laughs> it's a, it's a bit of a casino. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a lot, there's a lot of, there's a lot of dice rolling and uh, you know, I sort of liken, I sort of liken it to being, you know, in the rest of us is like, is it likened to being in a casino? You sort of go play at this table for a bit and that one's paying out. And then, okay, time to walk, walk away from the table, go find a new table, you know, go play something else. So, yeah. Um, and like I said, just those big matchups, because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like I, you know, obviously want to cement a legacy and want to be remembered. And the best way to do that is to have those memorable moments, mm -hmm. you know, that, that live on for a long time. Well, best luck with all that. You do realise that saying the word casino means you're now going to be forever associated with the Casino Battle Royal whenever AEW does the next one of those. But uh, we would love to see you there. Uh, and obviously, it would be great seeing you in uh, in the NWA. Uh, and you can see Nick against Trevor Murdoch this Sunday live on Pay-Per-View on Fight when our shadows fall. Make sure you go and check that out. We'll put all the links in. the UK-friendly time at the UK-friendly time, uh, UK yes. time, 4 p.m. Eastern and 9 p.m. Uh, UK time. Yes, very much, very much. That's one of the main reasons we have that time slot, so that so that the so the Brit fans actually have a pay per view they can watch at a reasonable hour. 
It is very much appreciated, Nick. I, I could chat to you all day. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to chat to us. Best of luck on Sunday, and hopefully we'll speak again soon. Thank you very much, Nick Aldis. Thanks, Adam. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.